You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. I want to jump right into the word tonight. I want to speak to you from the subject, from abundance to overflow. This morning, we, we, we talked about the journey to abundance. And we talked about Elijah journeying three places. He went by a brook, the place of never enough. He walked through a season at Zarephath, the refiner's fire, the place of just enough. But ultimately, God was taking him to a place of more than enough. The children of Israel came out of Egypt, the land of never enough. Stayed for 40 years in the wilderness, the place of just enough. But eventually got to a promised land, and it was a place of more than enough, a place flowing with milk and honey. Jesus was preparing his disciples to live in a place called overflow. What was in them would get out of them. Jesus always gave out what the Father had given to him. Everything he did, he would declare this, what I have given you, what I have told you, is what the Father has given to me or what the Father has told me. True success is not just building bigger houses and having more cars, but it's releasing a next generation in the power of God's authority and anointing. Now, there's no, no problem with you having stuff. I like stuff. The problem is when stuff has you. When what you possess possesses you. But when you can be a conduit of the kingdom and you can allow the kingdom to flow through you and work through you, it changes everything. And I want to read again John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus is setting the disciples up. It says this, Then the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that you will have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. To the full till it overflows. This word abundance simply means this. It means full, complete, lacking nothing, plentiful. One writer said extremely obvious. God blesses you in such a way that everybody notices it. God marks you in such a way the people in the marketplace notice you are blessed. People in the neighborhood know that you are blessed. You don't have to tell them. They just see it on you. They just see you marked with the blessing of God and you're coming and in you're going and you're rising. And then all of a sudden you find yourself laying to rest and the hand of God has covered you in that. We find that God blesses Elijah, raising up a prophet. He would see fire fall and he would hear, as Pastor Josh said, the sound of an abundance of rain. And we're going to pick up there in 1 Kings chapter 19. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the 12. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother. Then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him, took a yoke of oxen, slaughtered them, boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people. And they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. We talked today about God moving us from glory to glory from season to season, from faith to faith, allowing us to understand that each season has purpose, but the transition does as well. 
I find many times it's the transition of my moment that prepares me for what God is doing because there are times I'm anointed, but I'm not ready. David was anointed to be king, but he went back to the field to watch sheep. The true test of your anointing is can you still watch sheep when you know you're destined to be a king? When you know there's something more in your future, can you be faithful in the small places so he can, he can mold you to be the ruler over the much? Fifteen years before David would ever take his first anointing to be king. Almost 20 years before the kingdom would be consolidated. But I found out this. David would pick up a rock. He would fight a bear. He would fight a lion. He would play a harp. Whatever it was to get him to his place of destiny. And I would challenge you. Whatever God needs to do in you, let him do it. Whatever God requires of you, let him do it. And we find that God would take Elijah from the brook to Zarephath. Then to Carmel. And I'm telling you, crazy things are happening. Fire is falling. Rain is coming. Famines are being broken. God is moving. A harvest is rising up. But then something happens. A lady begin to, begins to come against Elijah named Jezebel. Anybody remember Jezebel? Jezebel was not so much a male or female, but a voice that desires to silence the prophetic in the earth. And here's what happens. She began to prophesy. She began to prophesy over Elijah and said, I am going to destroy you and take your life. The truth was, Elijah would never die. The next time we see Elijah is in the New Testament. She began to prophesy. What you have to understand is the discerning of prophesying and prophesying in your life. Because the right voices propel you. The wrong voices derail you. The right voices take you up and over. The, right, the wrong voices will bury you. And he began to listen to the wrong voice. The man that called fire down from heaven. The man that heard the sound of an abundance. Now watch. God begins to release something in his spirit. And he hears what no one else is hearing. But in those same ears, he begins to hear the voice of Jezebel. And here's what happens. In the transition of releasing a next generation, Jezebel writes up, begins to rise up. I'm telling you, the spirit of Jezebel is in the earth. It's in our culture. It's trying to silence the prophetic voice of God in the earth. We find that this council culture is running wild, trying to silence the people of God. But I will tell you this, the kingdom of God will not be stopped. The voice of God will not be stopped. But we need people that have an ear to hear and an eye to see and a spirit that is aligned. He flees to a place called Beersheba. But here's, here's, the, here's the truth. Beersheba was in the land of Judah. Judah was, were the people of praise. He was in the right place, but in the wrong posture. You can be in the right place, but have the wrong posture, have the wrong declaration, hear the wrong voices. But if you ever get a praise in the land of praise, giants begin to fall. If you ever get a word in the land of praise, demons begin to run. If you ever get a word in the land of praise, riches and resources are unlocked. He's in the land of Beersheba, but he has the wrong posture. He is not in a posture of worship. He is not in a posture of declaration. He is not moving in the gift of faith. But I'll tell you, he is now 
being surrounded by fear. And God shows up and tells Elijah, he said, Elijah, get up. You're not the only one. You're not the only one walking through stuff. You're not the only one battling battles. He said, I've got thousands out there. He said, get up and do what I've called you to do. I want you to anoint Elisha to be the prophet in your stead. And Elisha, Elijah rises up and begins to take this journey of faith. And before long, he finds a young man named Elisha. And he's about to release the same principles in him that God brought in Elijah's life. He would teach him to submit to God's authority. He would teach him to endure and walk by faith. He would teach him how to begin to pursue the presence of God, how to walk in and activate the kingdom authority and move by the power of the word. And he finds Elisha on a plow and he does something. He takes his mantle, which represented the covering of anointing in Elijah's life, and he places it on Elisha. And the minute the anointing touches Elisha's life, something activates. I believe every day he pushed the plow. God was working on him. Every day he went to that field in the hot, dry sun and began to break up. I'm telling you, there's a special anointing for plow pushers. People that just go row after row, day after day. They just make up their mind. They're going to push the plow until God opens the door. Any plow pushers in the house, I've got good news. Just keep pushing the plow because at the right time, at the right moment, God will show up and take you into a greater season. There's a special anointing for people that put their hand to the plow. Matter of fact, the Bible said the man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. But those that lock into the plow and say, Father, I'm going to plow until you release me into the next season. I'm going to plow until you open the next door. I'm going to plow until my next season arrives. I'm just going to keep on doing what you've called me to do. He's pushing the plow. God shows up. And through the man of God, Elijah, he releases an anointing. Something unlocks in Elisha. A dream, a vision, a stirring. He jumps off the plow and begins to follow Elijah. Elijah says, go back to the plow. And he said, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye and follow you. That wasn't just a, a kiss to tell them I will see you later. It was a sign of breaking covenant with them. I'm going to break covenant with them and come into covenant with you. And we're going to journey together. He said, oh, no, you don't know what you're asking for. You don't know what you're, what you're coming after. Elijah already saw a glimpse of his anointing, but Elisha had to see it. Nobody can see your purpose for you. The pastor can declare it over you, see it in your life. But unless you see it with your eyes and you get it in your spirit, it will never come to pass. But when you begin to see what God is doing in your life, even though others may see it, you have to see it. He gets off the plow. He goes back to the plow. The Bible said he destroys the plow. He sacrifices the oxen as an offering to God. What he was saying was, there's nothing left for me to come back to. I love this season. This was a season that God used in my life, but I'm not coming back. I'm not returning to the plow. Some of you need to make up your mind. You're never going back. What God brought you out of, he brought you out of. What God is doing in your life is before you. Your best days are ahead. Your greatest days are before you. I'm moving into that season that God has ordained. And they begin to journey together. And the Bible said they would mark some places in their journey, each place having significance. The first place they went was a place called Gilgal. Now remember, every place in Elijah's journey had significance. 
And it would be the same for Elisha. They would journey to a place called Gilgal. Now, Gilgal was not just any place, but it was the place where the people of God arrived at the promise. And though they did not have the promise, they knew the promise was before them. The cloud by day stopped. The fire by night stopped. The manna ceased. It was a place where they just had to walk by faith and not by sight. They had to learn to trust God just because God said it. And there is a Gilgal in every one of our journeys. If we're going to walk in the anointing and the authority of God, where you just have to trust God. I can't trace God, but I trust God. I can't see God, but I trust God. I don't know what he's doing, but I know he's up to something because he's always moving on my behalf. I do not feel like the head, but I am the head. I do not feel like I'm blessed, but I am blessed. I can't see it when I look in the mirror, but the word of God declares it so so I declare it's a yes and an amen there would be a place in all of our journey including Elisha's that you have to learn to walk by faith and not by sight Elijah comes to Elisha and says man you're growing in the Lord I'm going over here to a place called Bethel you stay here and I'll come back for you but there was something stirring in Elisha he said no where you go I go where that mantle goes I go Bethel was not just any place But Bethel was a place that Jacob found out who he was. It was a place that he wrestled with the spirit of God. And the Bible said he clinged to God. And all of a sudden, in a moment, the Bible says he realized that he was no longer Jacob, but he was now Israel. It was that place of identity. In each of our journey, there comes a place where you find out who you really are. You find you're no longer Elisha the plowboy, but you're now Elisha the man of God. You're no longer what you used to be. You're who God has called you to be. Old things have passed away and all things are being made new. There comes a place in every one of our journey, everyone in this room, everyone watching online, that there will be a place of identity where the word of God declares you and you either grab hold of it and receive it or you walk in the label of your yesterday but I believe I'm talking to a group of people that are rising up and say if God be for me who or what can be against me they would walk through a place called Bethel I believe Elisha is finding out who he is He will walk in a double portion of anointing. He will carry the mantle of Elijah. He's no longer the farmhand, the plowboy, but he is the one that will walk. I I prophesy over some of you, you're trapped in your yesterday when God is calling you to a prophetic tomorrow. You're living of a label of yesterday, generational labels that have tried to label who you are. But I break that in the name of Jesus. Rise up, man of God. Rise up, woman of God, and be who God has called you to be. They're doing well. They're journeying. Elijah looks at Elisha and says, I'm going over here for a short journey. You stay and rest. I'm going to a place called Jericho. I'll be back for you. But by this time, Elisha, he's walking by faith. He knows who he is. Jericho was not just any place. But Jericho was the place the people of God learned how to fight the God way. It was the place they learned they were a mighty weapon in God to the pulling down of strongholds. It's a place they understood the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty when you walk in the spirit. It was the place they got to the promise, but the promise was inside natural walls. And God says, you know what? Send the army home. Find me some worshipers. Bring the Ark of the Covenant out that possesses the presence of God and bring me the priest that blow the trumpet of victory. And the Bible said, here was the word for their life. For six days, you'll march around 
these walls. But on the seventh day, you'll get up early because expectation is going to be in your spirit. And on the seventh day, you'll march around those walls on the seventh time. Matter of fact, hold your peace until you get around on the seventh time. But when you get around on the seventh time and you put your foot down, I want you to blow the ram's horn and I want you to begin to shout. And the Bible said they got up on day one and begin to march. They got up on day two and begin to march. Day three, day four, day five, day six. But on day seven, they got up early. And the Bible said they begin to march around those walls. And the minute they got around the seventh time, the Bible said the priests begin to blow the trumpets and the people of God begin to shout. One version said they shouted till they could shout no more. And the wall began to fall. Jericho was not just any place, but it was a place God said, if you'll fight the God way, you'll see a God victory. If you'll fight the God way, there's destiny in your future. You're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You're not wrestling against social media. You're not wrestling against the culture of the day, but you are a mighty weapon in God. Bay, I've come to tell you, you're a mighty weapon. Strongholds are about to fall. Walls are about to fall. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, somebody give him a shout because the wall is falling. Somebody give him a shout because there's victory in the atmosphere. Oh, I love the Sunday night folks. He's growing. He said, Elijah, Elisha, stay, rest. I'm going just over a quick journey to a place called Jordan. He said, I'll come back for you. you you're doing well. You've made it through Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho. Oh, no, where that anointing goes, where that mantle goes, where you go, that's where I go. Jordan wasn't just any place, but it was a place of crossing. A place of no turning back. It was a place where Naaman would dip. And when he came up the seventh time, his skin was like a baby. It was the place where the people of God left the wilderness and walked into the promise. It was a place where Jesus himself was baptized. And when he walked into the baptismal waters, he was known as Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, a son of Joseph and Mary. But after he came out of the waters, the heavens opened. The Holy Spirit came down and the Father began to speak. That's my prayer tonight, that the heavens would open. The Holy Spirit would come down and the Father would begin to speak. He would affirm Jesus at the baptismal waters of Jordan. He would say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He walked into the Jordan, Jesus of Nazareth, but he walked out Jesus the Christ. I'm telling you, Jordan has always been a place of crossing and they get to the Jordan. And when they get to the Jordan, all of a sudden, Elijah turns to Elisha and says, what is it you're after? What is it do you want? Why did you get off the plow? Why did you walk through a place called Gilgal? Why did you have to learn who you were at Bethel? Why did you have to find out you need to fight the God way? What is it in your spirit that you're after? And all of a sudden from the, the depths of his spirit, something begins to rise. He said, I want a double portion of what you carry. Elijah said, oh, you've asked a hard thing. But he said, here's the requirement. If you keep your eye on what God is doing, I believe you can have anything you want. And the Bible said he took off his mantle and they get to the Jordan waters. And the Bible said he smites the waters and the waters begin to roll back. And the haters are up in the hills laughing at Elisha. But I'll tell you, he didn't let them face him. He kept focused. He just kept walking. When they got across the Jordan, it got crazy. A chariot of fire 
races across the sky, but he kept focused. And all of a sudden, in a whirlwind, Elijah begins to go up into the heavens. And all of a sudden, Elisha begins to cry out, Father, remember me. And all Elijah does was take that mantle and release it. I'm telling you, we're in a season of falling mantles, but who is going to pick it up? We're in a season of transition and transferring, but is there a generation going to pick it up? True overflow is this, when what is in you is released to somebody else and we release it. I believe we're in a season where we've walked in abundance, but it's time to walk in a season of overflow, pressed down, shaken together and running over that place where what is in you, you give it away. You don't hoard it up. You don't keep it. And here's what happens. He takes the mantle. He said, oh, man, this is blue and I like brown. No. You know, this isn't my style. No. He rent his own garment. He rent his own garment. And he wrapped himself in the anointing that was given to him. You know, the, the thing about Elisha, even though he walked in a double portion of Elijah, they would always refer to him as the one that poured water on the hands of Elijah. It didn't bother Elisha. Matter of fact, it's what kept him grounded to carry a double portion anointing. Matter of fact, Elisha would do twice as many miracles have many more sons in the faith. Matter of fact, when his bones were in the grave, there was a generational anointing still working because one day they threw a soldier in his grave and the minute that that dead soldier hit the bones of Elisha, he came back to life. I'll tell you what a double portion and an overflow is. When you're long gone, the anointing is still working. When you're not there, the anointing is still working. When you're not on church on Sunday, on Monday, the anointing is still working. On Tuesday, it's still working. On Wednesday, it's still working. On Thursday, it's still working. On Friday, it's still working working on Saturday it's still working and when you roll into the house of God you're already at another level they don't have to sing you into the presence of God you brought it with you they don't have to prime you into the presence of God you brought it with you the minute you open your mouth you declare let everything that hath breath praise the name of the Lord there's falling mantles in the earth but who's ready to pick it up Who's ready to learn to fight the God way? I'm telling you, there's too many distractions out there. There's too many voices out there. There's too many places that we're walking by what we see and not what God says. Jesus taught these disciples, I'm setting you up for the overflow. I'm setting you up to carry the kingdom. I'm setting you up to walk in a dimension you've not seen. Every, every miracle, a lesson. It was all temporal, but had eternal impact. I want to show you when I feed the 5,000 with this small lunch that little is much when God is in it. I want to show you by the walking on water, you can walk where ordinary men sink. I want to talk to you about when death seems to silence you. You can walk in a room, close the door in unbelief, and life comes. Every miracle had purpose, preparing these men and now he says, just wait, wait on the purpose, wait on the power and wait on the promise. And the Bible said in Acts chapter two, they were waiting together in one spirit.
in one accord, waiting on what Jesus would said would arrive. Really not knowing and understanding. Nobody had ever experienced it. But they were waiting. And there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And suddenly, anybody ready for a suddenly? We're in a moment. All of a sudden, you're sitting on a plow pushing, but in a moment. You're at a Gilgal and in a moment. You're at a Bethel, but in a moment. You're at a Jericho and in a moment. God shows up and releases what is in you. They're waiting and suddenly, the Bible said, the whole house is filled. I love corporate anointings. I love when we get into a room and the, the tangible presence of God. How many felt that when they were singing about a house of miracles? I love corporate anointing, but here's what the Bible said. It filled the house. Then cloven tongues of fire sat on each of them. There was a corporate anointing, but there was also an individual empowerment. You can't live off a corporate anointing. You need personal power. Because every one of them had a different assignment. Peter would preach a message and birth a church. John would get a revelation on an island. Some of them would be martyred. Each of them had to have an anointing for their assignment. And just one chapter later, here, here it is. They're walking to church. And on the way to church, they decide to become the church. Because they're getting ready to not just walk in fullness and abundance, but in a place called overflow. Jesus said, I've come to give you life even to the overflow. And they stop at the gate. The gate is called the gate beautiful. But here's the problem. At the beautiful gate, there's an ugly problem. There's a man that is stuck. And the Bible said he was carried there daily by his friends. His friends could only get him so far. They could get him to the gate, but not through the gate. There are some people that can carry you to the gate, but they'll never get you through the gate. But two men walking in the overflow, they stopped and they looked at him. And the Bible said one area of his life kept him stuck. He had weak ankles. His arms were his mind was good. I'm sure his heart was beating fine. But his foundational area of his life was weak. And he was stuck. But two men that have now experienced the power of resurrection. That once had weak foundations. John, insecure Peter, we know his story. Weak foundations. They arrive and find a man stuck just like they were. And they look at his condition. And the Bible said he had laid there daily. They had walked past him before. But now they're walking in the overflow. And they're walking carrying an abundance they had never possessed. And they stopped and they looked at him. And they said, turn your eyes on us. Look at us. We're living testimonies. We've had to walk through a Gilgal. We've had to walk through a Bethel. We've had to walk through a Jericho. We've had to cross the Jordan to get here. Look at us. We are living testimonies. We are living examples of the kingdom in the earth. We were stuck just like you. Matter of fact, we had foundational issues in our life, but we experienced an upper room and a suddenly. And the Bible said they looked at him and he looked at them. And then they said this silver and gold have we none I'm not sure they were saying we're broke I believe what they were saying was this if we put a shekel in your cup you'll be here tomorrow if we put a shekel in your cup you'll be here next week if we put a shekel in your cup and a band-aid on the problem you'll be here in the next season but we're giving you something that will get you out of that place it will unstuck you it will take you out it will take you in and the Bible said they joined with him and they took him by the hand and this is what they said in the name of overflow in the 
name of abundance. In the name the one that told us that he had come that we might live in abundance. In the name that is above every name. The name that has all authority in heaven and in earth. In the name that is mighty. The name that has all power. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And I'll tell you what happened. Strength began to come into his ankles and he began to rise up. And the Bible said where he could got no, could not go, he began to leap through the gates. I've come to tell somebody, you're about to leap into your destiny. You're about to leap into your purpose. You're about to walk where you've never walked. Come on, jump to your feet tonight. Put your hands together. Somebody shout, I'm about to leap. I'm about to go. I'm about to walk. I'm coming in authority. I'm coming in anointing. I'm walking in favor. Touch your neighbor say, get ready. Oh, look at your other neighbor, your second choice. Say, God's about to do it in your life. He's about to take you in. He's about to take you over. He's about to turn the midnight. He's about to flip the script. Weeping only endures for a night, but joy's about to come. We're rising up, church. We're coming out, church. We're coming out with a shout. We're coming out with a fresh anointing. We're coming out with a new season of favor. We're coming out declaring, if God be for me, who or what can be against me? There's a greatness inside of you. It's about to unlock. Come on, every teaching Pastor Allen has given you on faith is about to align you with your purpose. Every seed that has been sown is about to produce a harvest. But here's the question. Is anyone willing to pick up the falling mantles? Because here's what he had to do. He had to get back across the river. It wasn't enough just to wear it. It wasn't enough just to walk around in it. It wasn't enough just to say, you know what? I've arrived. It wasn't enough just to wrap him and strut around and look at me. I've got the mantle of Elijah. No, he had to activate it. When Apostle Allen wraps you in this teaching, in this anointing every week, it's not so you can wear it around and look like Superman or Wonder Woman. But it's so you can soar faster than a speeding bullet. Be more powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single... The truth was Superman was Superman even when he was dressed like Clark Kent. And I want you to know God has anointed you with a supernatural anointing. Again, all that is is God's super getting on your natural. Come on, if you're ready for it, throw your hands in the air. I'm going to pray over you tonight. Mm, there's an anointing in this room right now. Father, I feel a wave of your presence. I feel a wave of your presence. Father, there are people at a Gilgal right now, and you're teaching them to learn to walk by what your word has declared. What you said about them and for them. That you've already went ahead of them. There are some right now that are at their Bethel and they're having to learn who they are. They're not who they used to be. They're not the label of the past. They're not the generational curse of their family. But they are a new creature in you. And Father, I declare tonight they are sons of God, daughters of God. They are journeyers of faith. 
And I speak that over them tonight. There are some you're teaching them to fight the God way because they're getting distracted by too many battles, too many voices. Things around them are trying to silence the prophetic word in them. But Father, you are causing them to rise up as a mighty weapon in the kingdom. Father, strongholds are about to fall. Mountains are about to move. Crooked places are about to be made straight. And there's an authority and an anointing of warfare being released in their life right now. And Father, for those that are at the Jordan, they're ready to cross and never look back. They're ready to go into that season and walk into the fullness of that authority and never turn back. Father, I declare clear there is an anointing of perseverance there's an anointing of pushing there's an anointing of breakthrough and father favor will be their guide every step will be ordered and father i speak tonight declaring this anointing and this mantle that is resting over them will cause them to rise as the head and not the tail they will walk in blessed and walk out blessed they will walk in an authority father that causes giants to fall and mountains to move and father i declare we are releasing a next generation to walk in the authority of the kingdom father we are releasing a generation of world changers and the culture of today will not cancel them the media will not silence them the voices around will not distract them but father there's a mighty army rising up and father there's an anointing and a revival coming to this region father and i declare this house father will lead the way with revival it will lead the way father with authority and anointing and every house that is connected to this house. I call them blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. Every promise, yes and amen. Now, if you believe that, put your hands together. Come on, give him a shout. Give him a shout tonight. Come on, somebody shout into the atmosphere. I'm coming. I'm ready. I am on my way. Shout if you're ready to pick up a mantle. Shout if you're ready to walk in a new anointing. Shout if you're coming after what God has declared with you. Come on, somebody shout with the voice of triumph. Let everything that hath breath praise the name of the Lord.